0: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
1: Radio. We're going to start with the Lakers, man. I mean, I know it's unusual to have the NBA Finals in the middle of the NFL. And, you know, it feels less important in some ways. And the ratings were way down. But this could be, I mean, let's be candid. LeBron has played, what is it, 17 seasons? And he's won three titles. The idea that he's going to, you know, be a big favorite now to win his fourth... It's big news. I, I think we got to lead with it.
2: Yeah, and it was the Lakers all over the Miami Heat. One sixteen to ninety eight was the final from Orlando and the bubble last night. The Lakers with a one nothing series lead in the NBA Finals.
1: All right, Steve Fazek. First question is a bunch of injuries. We're looking at Game Two now. Give me a breakdown of how you value these injuries and what adjustment you would have made to the line.
0: Yeah. So Bam out of Bayou, he is. Unlikely to play. It's possible. He's worth two points. Drajic, the point guard for Miami, very unlikely to play. He's worth one and a half points. All
1: right, so you're saying a three and a half point adjustment. So yes. So the, the closing, now Butler, you know, maybe we can say a half point that he's, you know, a little tender on the ankle, but who knows, right? So, I mean, this is subjective to some degree. Okay, so what was the closing line in game one?
0: Minus four and a half Lakers.
1: Okay, so the zigzag, which tells us the team that loses has extra motivation, the team that won has a tendency to be complacent, means the line would have gone to four. It would have been a slight advantage for the Heat. But forgetting the injuries, the domination of the Lakers would have caused a reevaluation of the power ratings between these teams that, you know, the general, what should the line be? I think that would have been about a point Fez. So I'm thinking this line would have been about five or so with no injuries. What do you think?
0: I agree. Spot on.
1: Okay. So we add in your injuries. And even if we go kind of liberal with it and say, okay, let's give a half point for Butler. So we're looking at about four points then, right? Yes. Lines would be nine. What do you got as the game two line? Nine
0: and a half.
1: Okay. I like the heat. This just feels like the perfect spot. First off, let's be candid. If there is any chicanery with the NBA, and this is what a lot of people believe. And in, in the David Stern era, they especially believed it here in Vegas was, listen, they're not, they're not going to fix games. no, But if there's a game in which a certain team winning is going to help the bottom line, it's going to extend the series. It's going to keep interest in the series, et cetera. What do they do? They look at the teams and say, who doesn't like LeBron? Who tends to call against LeBron? Or maybe there's even a certain style of play. Okay. This style of play, this referee is going to be good or bad or et cetera. And historically, It feels like that in these spots where, man, if the Lakers win by double digits, the air goes out of this finals, somehow Miami wins. Not only do we get the extra game, but how much does this perk up the interest in this, the finals? Jonas, I mean, you as the voice of the fan, I
2: mean,
1: I'm not sure if we've seen a game in which the result of it could sway the interest in a series like this in a long time. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I actually watched last night, and I thought that I, how many people watching and looking at this game thought to themselves, all right, I've seen enough. Uh, we're good the rest of the series. And and so they need whatever they can do to try and bring the audience back. And at this point, if they start cutting corners and doing stuff behind the scenes, I'm okay with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I mean, that's Jonas Knox. But what I'll say is, we are, and in no way do we know for sure what's happening. But let's be honest, if you feel like the Lakers are going to win anyway and it's like, yeah, you know, if they lost this game, would it really be all that bad? And again, it, it would be not a fix in this hypothetical. It would be trying to stack the deck might be the way to say it. So, Fez, how much do you believe that goes on today? And at, at points of the past, was that something that series batters considered that, okay, this team winning here would be bad for the league, thus I want to fade them. That kind of mentality.
0: I think it used to be prevalent in the past. I think it still occurs now, but not nearly to the extent that it once did.
1: All right, so let's ask that question again, but with two different angles. One is what you believe the reality is, in the, and I think that's what you just answered. Right, is you believe the reality is it happened in the past a good bit, where there'd be a bias towards the team if they did well that would benefit the league? And you're saying it happens now but less often. Is that what yes. I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. What was and is the feeling amongst betters? Do you know serious betters who take this factor into account that okay, this is would be bad for the league if the Lakers, you know, win this game, especially handily, thus I don't want to bet on the Lakers because the league is going to try to prevent that.
0: Yes. The betters that I know make a modest adjustment because frankly, they're not sure RJ. So they're saying, you know what, this might be a non-factor completely, but it's possible. It is a factor and they tend to move their numbers by just a half a point for situations like this.
1: That's Steve Fezick and RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. So Fez, right now on the lay price and the take back, we know it's 92% chance Lakers winning the title would if you like the lakers how much how, how much do you have to bet
0: you got to risk $15 to win $1 rj minus 1500
1: and if you want to take a shot on the heat what's the take back
0: 9 to 1 ooh any interest in the heat none really <laughs> What happened from yesterday? I've already uh, (laughs) donated with my plus. uh, I don't want to get fined. So anywhere from plus 330 to plus 275 bet on the heat that I gave out.
1: But here's the thing, Fez. You have the worst of the number now. So you can talk about that all (laughs) you want. You can't talk about you got the best of the number in your pocket somewhere. No one, you know, at some place in, I don't know, Portugal or something.
0: I'm not going to go for dollar cost averaging and just go ahead and buy more at plus nine nine to one. No, thank you.
1: Let me ask you a question, though. If there weren't the injuries, would this game have shocked you that much? I mean, these games happen. And if any game you think the Heat might be a little flat, might, or not flat, but might be a little nervous, might play badly, it'd be the first game, right?
0: Yes, and in fact, I already had planned to bet the Heat game two. If they lost game one, I probably still will bet the Heat, but now it's betting the Heat to cover, not bet, bet the Heat to win game two.
1: Yeah, but let's be honest here. If, the, if, if, if Drogic is the only guy out, for any period of time except the next game, really, how much? I mean, the Heat are a deep team. I, I just, I guess, what I don't understand is how it's gone from you literally made a bet on the Heat to one game in, and it's like, oh my God, there's no chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? I'm, I'm boom, I'm boomeranging. I'm, I'm overreacting to the uh, shocking 30 point lead the Lakers put up.
1: <laughs> but I, I think most people feel the same way. Like Jonah said, there's a lot of sense of. Hey, I've seen enough. All I know is if you go back through NBA playoff history, there's going to be a lot of games in which one team just dominates. And, I mean, we saw that in the uh, way back in the day in the Celtics-Lakers. I mean, sometimes it just happens that way. If anything, I think it sets up perfectly for the Heat to really – because to me, the Lakers now have to be somewhat complacent. And if they can pull off a – surprise, even if it's game three – Right, I mean, it's not the end of the world if the favorite gets up 2-0. I mean, it's obviously harder to come back, but I tell you this: I'm gonna wait on the series. But the first game the Heat win, if it's uh, if it's in the first three games, right? I don't if it's somehow one to two, how whatever order it happens, you know, that first win happens for the Heat. I might look at the series. I because I. See, last thing on this, Feds. do you agree with the following? That the Heat had a better chance to groove into this series than come out strong and just run I mean, to me, I heard people say, oh, Heat got to win the first game to have any chance. I don't think that's true. I think this is the kind of series where if it weren't for the injuries, you'd have to think, huh, if he can get one of the first three, get one more, and then they gain their confidence – and almost like a, a Apollo Creed in Rocky 1, right? He gets, starts getting hit in the ribs. He's not that worried about finally in the 14th, cracks the rib. It feels like there could have been a, a Rocky Balboa undercut moment. What do you think?
0: <laughs> I, uh, I agree. I think the Heat are a young team, and all the pressure, if this goes 6 or 7, falls squarely on the Lakers, especially with these injuries where everyone's saying, you know, the Lakers, this this would be an incredible collapse. The perception would be if the Lakers don't win, that's a lot of pressure if the series goes six or more games.
1: So I almost certainly will have the Heat in game two. I'm going to wait, though, because I want to see this line keep going up is what I expect. Any closing thoughts, Jonas?
2: Um, I just I thought Chris Broussard made a really really good point and you sort of got caught up in the chaos of the injuries and the blowout and the 70 to 35 run or whatever it was but he pointed out and I remember thinking about it at the time but I again I forgot about it after the game was that the, the Lakers made their run initially with LeBron on the bench. So the Heat came out early and were red hot and playing really well. LeBron sat down for his normal rest spot in the first quarter, and that's when the Lakers made their run. I don't know how often you can count on that in this series, which makes it maybe not as doom and gloom for the Miami Heat as as previously thought. Be sure
0: to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Josh Allen.
1: Fez, give me a 30-second characterization of your feelings about Josh Allen entering the season.
0: Josh Allen will never be an elite quarterback because he's inaccurate. He was inaccurate at Wyoming, and his first two years in the NFL, he ranked in the bottom five in terms of accuracy versus expected in the NFL. Well,
1: it seems impossible that he could then (laughs) emerge. So how is his accuracy looking now?
0: He has... Been accurate. He's thirteenth in terms of expectation. Oh,
1: listen to you. You're, you're saying you just so want to say inaccurate, but like, how could thirteenth out of thirty two be inaccurate? Right. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So how and have you how have you reevaluated Josh Allen?
0: So Josh Allen is now my. I've moved him up to my number eight quarterback. RJ. I had him seventeen to start the year.
1: What? So three games. He goes from 17 to eight. Bo- boomerang. I mean, what's going to happen? If he throws an interception in the first quarter, you're going to knock him down 10 slots?
0: Well, well, RJ, you alerted me that he has three 300-yard passing games and for his career and in 2020.
1: Yeah, so think about this. Literally, his three best games yardage-wise, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. Now, this is his third year. His three best games, game one, game two, game three this season. I mean, come on. And he's above average accuracy, but here's the stat. This is a shocker. All right, last 14 games. Bills are nine and five straight up. That's good. His touchdowns, Josh Allen's touchdowns. Now, this is passing and rushing, 33. His interceptions, three. 33 to three and this guy's a gunslinger it's not like oh dink and dump you know he literally gets the ball downfield 33 touchdowns three interceptions Fez what do you have to say for yourself
0: (laughs) the importance in this job is sometimes you eat a little crow and you reevaluate and you make big adjustments
1: but what happens if you eat crow every day I mean is that become like are you you know how they have you know like carnivore omnivore and, and, I mean you know this stuff Joan, It's like there's people that will eat just fish right Yeah. And what's that called
2: um I don't know the or, or you mean I know vegan I yeah, know okay. yeah. I know there's but the uh, oh, gosh the, the all some, meat there's... diet
1: yeah. Well, oh, well, no. There's that too, like the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, but, the carnivore but, diet. but there's the people who will eat no meat, no chicken, but will have fish. Right. There's all kind of permutations yes. like that. Yes,
0: correct. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: I want to talk about Carson Wentz because Howard Stern. I'm a fan. Uh, and influences a great degree, I think at least with the freedom and all that where you know he's kind of t- trying to live the truth on air. And I heard him talking about Carson Wentz. Now this is a guy, Howard, that literally every year they have to explain to him who plays in the Super Bowl. There's AFC versus NFC. So the fact he was talking about Carson Wentz and how bad he's been playing, Made me think, oh my, it's broken through. Here's the stats, or some of them. Touchdown interception ratio, three touchdowns, six interceptions. That ratio is tied for last in the NFL. Yards per attempt, last in the NFL, Carson Wentz. Passer rating, last. So literally, ratio, touchdowns, interceptions, yards per attempt, passer rating, tied for last or last. As Chevy Chase would say, not good. Faz, what's going on? Tell us about this week, too, and do you have any lanes?
0: Yeah, so I think with Carson Wentz, the first game, he got spooked after he got sacked eight times. There's no doubt about it. The pressure hasn't been as bad on him. The... Weeks two and three, and he just is rushing the ball out. Very inaccurate. He's 34th in accuracy versus expected in the league, and I have downgraded him big time, RJ. I had once my number eight quarterback. Now he's number 24.
1: Wow. I mean, three games, man. (laughs) I mean,. Jonas don't ever have three bad shows in a row.
0: <laughs> I, know, like, <laughs> I mean,
2: I won't know.
1: I mean, you, you rarely ever have a bad one, but I mean, if somehow you <laughs> did, who knows where you'd be on the Fezzik rankings.
2: I, I mean, yeah, I'm starting to reevaluate things. I got to go back to the drawing board. So uh,
1: you can go back to Josh Allen or you can talk about Carson I, from the fans perspective. What do you see?
2: Um, Josh Allen, my only concern really with him is not so much the interceptions as it is the fumbles. Uh he still fumbles the ball a little too much for my liking because when he gets outside of the pocket, he just turns into a football player to where he's stiff arming guys and he's not really the, the maybe the most the, the smartest runner in the world when it comes to securing the football, getting down, don't take all those big big hits. He definitely has improved in that regard. But I also think it's his structure. Um, I, I think what Buffalo's done around him, they add Stephon Diggs. He and Stephon Diggs uh, had chemistry almost immediately. Um, he didn't have a lot to work with. They've got a, you know, a couple of tight ends there. Croft, Dawson Knox is another guy there that, that's played really well at times. Their defense is really good. I think as long as, and you guys always point to, if you can win the turnover battle, as long as they can do that, I don't see why this team can't be a legitimate contestant in the AFC, with the way that he's played early on.
1: If you look at the betting market, they consider the market, Vegas, considers the Bills clearly better than the Pats. All you've got to do, they've actually now played two different times. The team the Pats played last week, Bills played this week. Mm. And you can get a good comparison, especially you have to flip homes sometimes, you know, home field advantage. But it is saying about two points better, are the Bills. So if you look at the um, division odds, now listen, uh, Bills are up a game, but they are clear favorites over the Pats. And I mean, people are loving the Pats. So I think for sure, for sure, the Bills are a contender. And, you know, Matty Holt, who's on with us every Wednesday, the former billion-dollar bookie, and literally has booked Billions, he lo- he's got the... Uh, He's got the Bills at 40 to 1 in his pocket. He's got them at 33 to 1. I mean, he's got Super Bowl tickets in his pocket. And I those bookmakers don't like to bet those long shots. So, uh, I you know, I that makes me like the Bills even more.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.